It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 15th of March, 2023. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney, and I'm here with David Scott. Scotty, how's your day? It was pretty good. Uh, I've got to say, a bit of a dearth of, uh, of corporate news. Uh, yeah, still being driven by the macro and uh, also geopolitics and everything else in between. But uh, yeah, we had a bounce at the end, which is uh, it was nice to see after what's been a pretty tough uh, few days. Yeah, I take your point on the corporate news front, um, but we snapped a three-day losing streak today. We saw the miners doing really well. We saw the financial stocks leading. So don't forget that's um, after being hit as there were fears of some sort of a global banking crisis some sort of meltdown, some sort of contagion really, really calmed down. And we saw that reflected with those regional banks in the U.S. through the overnight period. We also today were dealing with that U.S. inflation read. So, so much anticipation for that consumer price read. Look, it came in in line with expectations, but underlying inflation really isn't decelerating anytime fast. Scotty, you know, markets seem to take it in its stride. Uh, what did you make of the detail in that U.S. inflation read? Uh, there's been a reacceleration in rents. Now, everyone's expecting this to come down, and I understand how the mechanics of the survey work, but uh, big componentry uh, in that basket. And uh, private uh, sector surveys, you know, the flow of rental changes are also starting to pick up now. So I'm not sure how long that's going to last. Some of the other deflationary forces from uh, used car sales and everything else still in place. But uh, again, private surveys pointing to a turnaround there. And that services side, the the core services that we keep coming back to all the time, up 0.5% month on month. Uh, If you annualize that out, it's near enough at 6%. That's triple the Fed's target. Uh, It's troubling. And uh, despite some of the little ructions we saw amongst a few lenders during the uh, the early parts of the week and uh, late last week, I think the Fed still has a pretty tough job on its hand to go and get this under control. Yeah. All right. Um, Look, there are still some calls out there for the U.S. Fed to pause or potentially cut when it meets next week. I mean, it's just not likely, is it? I mean, not (laughs) credibility. There's, There's so many reasons why we won't see the Fed pause or cut. So do you think the market will start repricing in that 25 basis point hike to a more significant extent in the coming days? Yeah, look, it's it's already highly favoured. It's about 80% price now, so it's still firming up. But I think no, unless we get an absolutely horrible uh, retail sales report uh, later on tonight or the ECB does something shocking and uh, decides to hold our policy rates steady uh, come tomorrow evening, uh, look, you've almost got to lock it in. Clearly, they're not going to go 50, uh, given the circumstances. But uh, you know, what will they go and signal with the dot plots? You know, Where's the terminal rate likely to be in their opinion now? It all still points to being pretty hawkish out there. There seems to be a lot of momentum in that U.S. economy that is unexpectedly you know, holding tough and hanging tough uh, for the time being. 
Yeah, all right. Um, look, that was one of the key data points, but also out of China, we had, well, we call it the data deluge, we call it the data dump, I suppose, which just doesn't sound as good as deluge. But what it did show, Scotty, was that we are seeing a, a recovery coming through in the Chinese economy. I think there was enough uh, in that to show that it's not going to be one-way traffic when it comes to demand coming through. But there's enough there uh, to sort of to keep that narrative going. Agree? Yeah, I think we've got it. Uh, maybe maybe time has gone and changed our, our perception of things. But just think back to what it was like in the uh, developed world when we came out of lockdowns and the, all the euphoric uh, spending levels that we saw and uh, the growth uh, rebound. When I've seen that data in China, I know it's a, it's a unique set of circumstances, but a lot, a lot of the stuff to me is just it's not pointing to a big rebound. I know there's a lot of hopes for consumption uh, you know, later on in the year, revenge spending and the like. But it's not, it's not being shown. It's 3.5% uh, no, over January, February relative to a year earlier. And when you throw in inflation, uh, real spending is almost flat. Is that a good, re- good recovery? Mm, I'm not sure. Well, there are signs that I suppose the, the declines that are being felt in the property sector are, are easing. So narrower declines, if you can say that, in home sales and developer investment and construction starts in the period. Look, it was enough to keep sentiment pretty pretty positive around the region. Um, you know, not only, I think I forgot to say what our market closed at. Today, you uh, referenced that, that uptick toward the close, but we did see a positive session here back above that 7,000 level, which we did dip below yesterday. So uh, the S&P ASX 200 closing at 7,069, let's call it that, points up by nine-tenths of a percent. Uh, the Hang Seng is up by more than 1% as we record the podcast, and the Chinese market is up by 7 tenths of a percent. So it is, you know, it's really positive around the Asian region today. Um, I'm just looking at e-minis in the U.S. as we record this podcast, still positive as well. And we saw that positivity from the U.S. extend into parts of our market, such as tech. I mean, we did see uh, zero comes to mind. We did see block, you know, really following that tech rally that we saw in the U.S. today. Um, look, on the flip side, Scotty, as you mentioned, there wasn't a whole lot of corporate data to sink our teeth into, but I had a chat with Matt Griffin from Maple Brown Abbott earlier today, and I just note that Brevera Solutions is the worst performer, down by close to 6%. There's been a broker weighing in, Goldman Sachs. Analysts are saying that there is a substantial execution risk coming through from Brevera, and it made me think of this interview with uh, Maple Brown Abbott this morning because... Um, we were chatting about how important cash on the balance sheet still is for small caps. And Matt was saying, look, you know, Brevera's capital raise was really, it was a rescue, rescue raise. Um, so Brevera rated neutral at uh, 40 cents per share by Goldman Sachs. And it's actually ceasing coverage of the company as well. So that was one of the worst performers. And then, Scotty, today, you can't look past the gold miners. So we saw Evolution's share price target cut to $2.65 by UBS. Um, But we had Bellevue Gold out today. It was one of the worst performers. It posted a loss. We had um, Northern Star, also one of the worst performers. And that comes after a couple, you know, stellar days for the gold sector. So just speaking to the volatility that's still out there. 
yeah, had a really good day. Maybe a bit of uh, profit taking and recycling to some of those beaten up areas of the market. But the goldies have had a very good run. And just looking at the Aussie dollar uh, gold price, uh, yeah, it's not far off record highs as well. So mm-hmm. not surprising. And, and a lot of the equities has got to say as well don't really reflect uh, that. But then I mean, you look at some of the operational challenges at the moment. Uh, Evolution, uh, the latest, uh, talking about some uh, operational challenges. It was one of the uh, big laggards in the 200 as well today. So maybe that explains why there's still that bit of lack of enthusiasm for the sector. Mm-hmm. EML payments, one of the best performers, up by close to 8%. Kogian as well, 6%. Parenti Global, 6%. No major news associated with any of those uh, stories. Um, but I will maybe get to the stock of the day. So it's not huge news, but we did see Wins Investment Vehicle, Bruce Gordon's, I should say, from Wins Investment Vehicle, increasing its stake in Nine Entertainment, perhaps a reflection of where its share price is. Anyways, Kashi picked Nine Entertainment as the stock of the day on the call. Here's what Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial and Carl Capulinga from Think Markets had to say. Look, it could be a, an indication that he's trying to increase his stake at a cyclical low point. You know, the economies might be a bit softer, advertising revenues might be under a bit of pressure, but he might see, you know, in the future that eventually turning around. So he's, look, it's very difficult to, to pinpoint exactly what he's looking to do here, but I think it has to be seen as a broad positive. I mean, it's probably the wrong environment for something right. like this. Um, just given the heavy reliance it does have on advertising um, for for its revenues. Um, so from my standpoint, I just no, think it's the wrong situation. We, we are bumping along those lows. The trends are very much fixed to the downside for me. Um, price action is not great. We're seeing, you know, when it tries to rally, there's ample supply there to take advantage of the price increase. So it's like uh, something's gone up, so I have to I have to get out. And then when we come back to the bottom, there's really not so much demand there waiting in the system to buy it. Although I'm concerned about the chart. I think it can go lower. So there you have it. Not a buy from either one of my guests. And it reminds me again of a conversation I had with Michael Goldman from Collins Street at Value Asset Management in the small caps today. He gave me a very clear investment thesis for another big player in the media space, Seven West Media, which he interestingly called a growth company, a growth company at a pretty good price right now. So if that's not in the show notes, you can seek that out on our website at osbiz.com.au. Scotty, any other really big takeaways uh, from the day today as we, you know, continue to just be obsessed by the macro now that it appears as if the waters are calming around some of the the heightened rhetoric, at least around these U.S. banks? I think we're starting to calm down and uh, in time, the market will come around to the realization that what we were talking about earlier this week is not reflective of broader industry trends and uh, then the narrative will go back to how high, how fast uh, will the Fed funds rate go and move and uh, what will be next to go and break. Uh, so that's that's what I suspect we're moving back towards. I'm not surprised to see the rebound today. Let's see what happens with the data and the ECB and then we'll give it a pretty good read as to what we can expect towards the end of the week. Yeah, it, it was, you know, it feel, felt like a bit of a relief rally. Um, to your point, Scotty, we do have Uh, the ECB coming through on Thursday. Uh, When we get to what we're expecting tonight, we do get um, industrial production from the Eurozone. We get retail sales coming from the United States. We get the PPI in the US as well as the Empire State Index and the NAHB Housing Market Index 
coming through. Uh, look, I think everybody's got a bit of inflation fatigue, so we haven't been hopping up and down about the producer price index to uh, any extent as compared to what we were doing when it came to that inflation read coming through through the overnight today. Uh, look, great guests lined up for you as per usual next week. I can't believe it's Wednesday already. So Thursday tomorrow, I know I'll be speaking with Alistair McLeod from Wheelhouse Partners. Always appreciate a chat with him. Um, you're speaking with McGunthan Siva from India Avenue Investment Management on The Global View. I do think he's returned from a fact-finding mission to India. Scotty, that'll be interesting. Yeah, just happened to coincide with the cricket tour as well. So I'll have to ask him as well if got any of the cricket games in it as well. Oh, boy. And uh, later in the day, we'll be speaking with Greg Taylor from Salter Brothers on the small caps. And we'll round out the day with Attila Woodnell from Navigate Global Commodities. And that's, you know, that's just plenty more happening in between, including Ben Clark from TMS Capital and Daniel Ortiz from Lincoln Indicators coming through on the call. Hey, that was a nice chat, Scuddy. Um, why don't we call it a day? Let's call it a day. Go out and enjoy that beautiful day outside. I've uh, been seeing some photos coming from Sydney. It's <laughs> much the same here. So go and enjoy the afternoon and the green on screen. Yeah, thanks, Scuddy. See ya. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.